Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community. Today I want to talk about something. (laughs) It was on the tip of my tongue. Alright, there we go. Uh, Today I want to... Welcome to Sudbury Scrub. Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community. Today I want to talk about um, identifying what a list does. So, in a recent episode, which I have recorded but I have not yet released, and who knows, maybe won't ever get released because I'm not 100% sure how good it is. But in any case, uh, I want to talk about being able to take a look at lists and kind of figure out what they do, because that is a really important part of playing the game, whether it's going to be from a competitive standpoint or a casual standpoint, this is something that you want to be able to do. Uh, having this as a skill in your pocket is really, really great. Uh, it's a huge skill. Because if you know what your opponent's trying to do, then you can create a plan to either uh, stop their plan from working, or you can create a plan to stop their plan from impacting your plan. Uh, So you you can mitigate how they're going to do that. You can kind of have an idea of, alright, this is where they're going to want to get stuff into, this is where they're going to want to be, if I can stop them from getting to these spots, or from having these kinds of situations, then maybe I can win. So, the first thing that I like to do when I take a look at a list I take a very, very, very quick look and see if there's anything I recognize. Um, Things that I've played before that I know have a certain strength to them. A good example for myself would be taking a look and seeing things like um, intercessors, space marine intercessors, and what are they armed with. And I'm pretty familiar now with what an intercessor does. I mean, there's knowing the stats of an intercessor and, you know, all their different weapon options, and then there's knowing what they do, like like really how the board game and how the board ends up being influenced by those units uh, and their different weapon options and what it takes to remove them from the board. So, you know, those are things that you can't really quite put into words because it's going to be based a bit on your own list. It's going to be based a little bit on how your opponent plays them. Um, But it it still is a really, really, really good starting point. So I know if I see three units of five-man intercessors, I kind of have an idea of the spots that they're going to want to be. That they're probably going to be uh, skirting along the edge of my lines or at the edge of where they think um, at the edge of their deployment zone they're going to be trying to move to keep away from me but still engaging they're going to be moving on to objectives what I know what I'm not expecting them to do is to push deep at me deep into my lines or to um, you know be a delivery mechanism for anything like I'm expecting them to be dancing around trying to impact the, the game from a distance, from a position of relative safety, um, 
and to be there for me to shoot at when I have no other options. When I have nothing else really good to do. And so I kind of get, you know, I kind of understand a little bit of how they're going to play. If I see a 10-man unit, then I know that it's going to be doing things quite a bit differently. Because there's some plan there to utilize some kind of combos or stacking to make them hit way above their weight class. And, you know, I have to engage those units from a different kind of way. The five-man units, I can probably leave to take care of, you know, in different ways, at different times. I can present them with worse, with worse, worse targets. That 10-man unit, maybe I want to actually take it out. Um, when I deal with it, I have to deal with it hard because they can hit back hard even if they lose half of that, half of that unit. Uh, the 5-man units, if I, if I take out half of one of those units or uh, a little bit more than half. There's just two guys left. Well, they're not really going to be that scary. Uh, and so by having an idea of what these different... If you see these units that you're very accustomed to, you can kind of understand what they're going to be trying to do. And the more powerful those units are, the more they tend to... The more you can understand their, you know, the role of these different things in, in the list the better you'll be able to, to handle things. And the bigger these units usually are, um, you know, the less, the more of a, of their game plan you're figuring out. So when I see three knights in a list, now see knights I'm, I'm not as familiar with, but at the same time, I have a better understanding of what they're going to be trying to do. And knights can be just hard to take out in general. And so I'm, I have to figure out, all right, how am I going to take these guys out? Uh, what, what's it going to take for me to do this? Uh, then you can also maybe see some patterns where you see certain units together a lot. And again, at this point, then you're you're coming up with an idea of not just a single unit, but of these groups of units. You know, continuing on with the Space Marine example, if I see a unit of Hellblasters, which are the, the plasma, the plasma uh, space primary students, and I see them, I'm going to look immediately for a captain. I mean, all space marine lists have a captain, <laughs> but I'll look for a banner bearer, right? And then I'll want to wonder what is that banner going to be armed with? Because now that banner is going to impact these plasma guys differently than the rest uh that, you know, different banners will do different things. I mean, they'll all do this one very similar thing, and I can kind of plan for what that is. But then what these banners do differently may affect uh, what I do from there. You know, then it's kind of the question of, okay, do I want to try to take these guys out of range? Do I want to take these guys out in close combat? Um, do I want to take these... How am I going to tackle this? Can I take out the banner bearer by himself? usually no, because my armies rarely have sniper units. Um, but, you know, that that's a thing, right? If you do have that, if you do have access to that, then you're wondering to yourself, okay, which is the unit to take out? Do I have to take out that banner bearer right away? And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes the answer is no, depending on your experience and what you know for these guys to do to your list. Um, Another thing that I try to do, 
when I'm taking a look at armies, I'm trying to look at a general speed of the army. How quick is this army going to be in getting into these important spots on the board? Or is this army going to be able to just sit back and hold an objective? Uh, or hold a backfield castle kind of thing. Is this uh, in, in continuing that example with the banner? As soon as I see these plasma guys in a banner, in the past, I knew that they were going to be wanting to mostly sit still and fire away with, with uh, these guys from, from far away. And they were going to put a whole bunch of other stuff around this banner. They were going to try to maximize the use of this banner to make uh, banner be kind of this this like crutch point of the army and the more they took away from that well then that would be different things that would that were gonna that was gonna happen um you know maybe i'm going up against disco lords well i'm gonna take a look if i see three or two disco lords i'm gonna be wondering are they part of that specialist detachment where uh the one disco lord can make it that they're got he, he can spend a stratagem that his that his discos can advance and charge and then it's going to warp time and they're going to try to jump onto me like that i got to be able to prepare my force to take a charge from um from a disco lord and then kill it on the return or i make it that hey it's going to be a really long charge for him to get in he's probably not going to take that chance or i'm going to have to put my guys in certain different positions Maybe it's an Eldar list, and they've got a whole lot of guys that fly fast around the board. I know that these guys are going to be able to get Dark Eldar. I, oh man, I have a hard time against Dark Eldar at times because they are so bloody fast. So I have to kind of think to myself, am I going to be in a position where I can choose where the fight happens? He's going. To, is he going to have to come to me, or do I have to go to him? If I got to go to him... That's really bad, because he can jump out of there whenever he needs to. If he needs to come to me, well then his speed mean, is going to mean that he can jump out to other objectives. And perhaps I can kind of abuse that a little bit to keep him, uh, you know, keep him from, from getting a, a really potent attack on me. But maybe I can also say, alright, you want to fight? We are fighting here, because this is where I am and you need to come to me. And then you can kind of, you know, you can look at that and you can say, all right, I'm gonna have, maybe put down a, a unit that I would normally put in reserve, simply because if he wants to come to me, if he has to come to me, well now he's gotta also fight this unit at the same time. Maybe I can kind of overwhelm his uh, lethality that way. So that's, those are our, oh, big guns, obviously, uh, uh, another important thing, big guns. When your opponent's got, um, they should have some, a few very hard-hitting firepower units. You want to know, what's their range? What are they really going to be shooting at? They're going to be shooting at infantry, they're going to be shooting at tanks. Uh, and how far, you know, how fast can they move and can do they take any kind of penalties from moving? So, I had a, a test recently against... Uh, Benson, our coach, with his, he was proxying out Alyssa, we expect to be fighting against in Ottawa, and it had fire prisms in it. And normally, um, a lot of stuff that I'm playing against, you know, oh, they're not really suffering a penalty, especially the Eldar, they're not really suffering a penalty from moving and shooting. 
but these things are heavy and they don't have any way to mitigate the move-and-shoot penalty. Now, sure, the things that they do can, you know, help mitigate it, but at the same time, I know that just that little bit uh, that he can't can suddenly really affect him. So, those are, are just ideas for how to look at things and say, all right, how, what's the range on this? How far is this going to shoot? Is this going to be a 60-inch shot? Okay, maybe there's nowhere on the board I can put my guys. Is it 48? Well, maybe there is now actually a spot I can put my guys and still impact the board and still be in a, in a good, okay position. Or maybe, surprise, it's only a 36-inch shot or something like that. And now it's uh, it's really it's a lot easier to hide from them. So that's, those are my ideas for taking a look at lists and just trying to figure out, okay, how was this going to do? Uh, we'll maybe pick this up on another episode and we'll take a look at how that impacts things based on the different mission. Because that's the other side of this is knowing the mission and then you want to try to plan how is their army going to play with the, that mission. So thank you for listening. Keep on wargaming.